Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company, and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. Hello, I'm Dr Nikki Morley and I'm joined today by Kuhn Bergouts. Um, I'm Head of Behavioural Science and Innovation Expertise in the UK Business and uh, Kuhn is a VP Foods, uh, global foods for PepsiCo, looking after brands such as Lay's, Walker's and Doritos. Uh, And I'm delighted he's joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about the challenges of innovating in a crowded marketplace. So welcome Kuhn and thank you so much for joining me. Um, Yeah. Perhaps you could tell me a little bit about yourself and your role. Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, having me. I'm really excited. I'm uh, very passionate about innovation. So Happy to talk about it with you. So, um, yeah, no, my name is indeed Kuhn Bergouts. Um, I'm leading the innovation piece of our foods portfolio. Basically, foods is half of PepsiCo, close to 45 billion net revenue, um, with brands as Lay's and Doritos. And we're really trying to to reinvent the future of our portfolio. I do this with um, what we call an innovation community. A uh, small uh, global team with cross-functional support around the globe, based out of New York, uh, with offices in 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 London and in um, Shanghai, and in Mexico City and in Plano in in Texas. So tell me, Kuhn, what are the biggest challenges that are facing the food and drink sector, and and how are you dealing with these? And, and actually, I'll give you the second part to that question, so you've got plenty of space to talk about this. What role has innovation played in facing into these challenges? Because it could be a difficult and crowded market of innovating. 
Yes, indeed, Nikki. It is a very crowded, uh, crowded space. And uh, I think one of the biggest challenges we we have had, also coming out of COVID, is the is the 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 the, the, the challenge between uh, the need for indulgence and the need for permissibility and and health even right. So so how do we how do we make sure that we really live up to that tension and uh, p- provide the right solutions for consumers at the right moment in time uh, against that tension? And in terms of that tension, perhaps you could just describe in a little more detail what you mean by the sort of permissibility side of that, just so we, we're super clear what the tension is. Yeah, no, uh, it is uh, in, in specific occasions, uh, people like to indulge themselves and really lose themselves in, in, in the product and emotional benefits. And those products tend to be a little bit higher in, 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 in fat and in salt and sugar. So um, how do you, uh, and at the same time, short term and long term consumers are looking more for permissible permissible solutions so that they don't feel uh, guilty after after consuming a snack or or food which is which could be high in 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 sodium and fat so how do we how do we how do we solve for that that is the the, the true tension we are trying to solve for and in terms of the role that innovation has played in sort of being able to face into that sort of particular tension, it's always good to innovate from a tension. Perhaps you can say more about sort of, you know, the role that innovation's really played in, in facing into that. Yeah, so uh, innovation really needs to come up with the right solutions, trying to solve against that tension, right? So an example is what we have done specifically in Europe and the UK is solving with low sodium, low fat propositions. And, but using our technology toolbox to still live up to the indulgent piece of our of our brands, right? So, so that that is that is uh, hard work, and and, um, and needs a very strong cross functional team to to solve for that. Yeah, and, and and getting that balance right, and not sort of offering any compromise because of the compromise. Exactly, exactly. It is uh, normally it's not only about. The, the compromise on on indulgence versus versus permissibility, but also ensuring that people still are able to afford that on on uh, on a daily on a daily basis. So it is it is not only that specific tension, but how do you build the solution that it's also accessible for for the broader the broader uh, the population. Brilliant, thank you. So obviously, can you know I've chatted before. Uh, one of the things I was interested in is sort of, you know, the way that you define innovation, because I sort of define innovation from a very broad perspective, but interested to sort of, you know, for the listeners to sort of hear more about how you define innovation and the role it therefore plays in brand, in brand growth. Yeah. So we we deliberately go beyond product innovation, right? Innovation is, is uh, again, the, the, the freedom to solve against the tension, regardless if that if that's product or it could be services, or it could be a business model, or it could be activation, right? It is much more about truly understanding how do you impact consumer behavior with with building solutions. And I think historically, we were very much focused on product innovation. That is, that is still the heart of what we do, because that is, that is our, our business model, our current business model. Um, but that is not driving the full solutions our consumers are looking for. So you deliberately need to go beyond product innovation. 
Do you have any examples of sort of going beyond sort of product innovation and what that what that might look like? Because yeah, we also have a much wider definition beyond product, but it's always interesting to try to sort of bring it to life if possible. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is basically if you look at um, and innovations we have launched around the world, is not only to say you know we want to have a specific product solution, but how do you how do you offer that? How do you, what is the right way to, to, to reach consumers? Is that over, over an e-com model? Is it directly right. over trade? Mm-hmm. Is that uh, directly over an, 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 an true activation, right? So that you really make sure that you, you have a, a, a base of fans before, you, before you, you distribute a product or a solution at, at large scale, right? So you really need to look at the consumer journey to to build to build the right uh, the the right innovation solutions, um, and and not and not only the the intrinsic the intrinsic product. And we have done we've done that for example very successfully in in China, where we leverage multiple uh, elements of the marketing mix, including activation communication, um, even ahead before we we have the actual product uh, available. Brilliant. Brilliant. And a, a much broader definition obviously allows you to sort of think in that way. And and we at Cantor also believe that sort of the more meaningful and different an innovation is, is the key to unlocking growth. But to get there, you have to do things differently. And, and that's a really nice example of thinking more about the journey, thinking more about the activation in how you might do it differently. Sort of what else can you tell us around sort of, you know, how you do innovation and how I also know you do it differently. So how do you do that innovation differently that's so successful for you? Yeah, no, I think it's also about on, on how do we uncover the right innovation for 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 PepsiCo, and I think we we made a, a huge shift in 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 organization and in methodology as well, right? So we we really we really think that uh, it's all about do evidence. Um, what we have done in the past, and of course up in the funnel, you still do a lot of concept testing and trying to understand the identify the problem to solve. But then I think the earlier you, you can get to do evidence, so consumers really acting in a, in a, in a real-life situation and reacting to your protocepts, to your prototypes in, in, in a real environment. Uh, and it can be digital, but it can also be vis- physical in-store. Um, that, that is the way to really get um, true, true data to make, to make the, business, uh, uh, the business case. Um, that is something we do uh, much more than we, we did like two years ago or even three years ago. And secondly, I think we, we have, a, we have a, a model where we are building small, what we call hubs, right? So these are groups of six, seven people. Right? We always say, you know, they need to be able to share a pizza. So it's six, seven people at max so that they can all have their slice out of the pizza um, because that proved to be um, uh, the best the best way to make sure that we have enough cross-functional expertise, but also agility uh, and not overdo it with too many people involved, right? So it is that balance between um, cross-functional work, uh, but also a small team and, and being, and being uh, agile. I love that idea of pizza-sized hub. Um, and yeah, so I worked in R&D for a long time. It's so important to have that sort of cross-functional connection from the start to build those strong foundations. So thank you for that. Now, 
Let's move to launches. Can you tell me about some recent launches um, that you've done and, and what you did differently to get there? I know you've had some great successes in recent times with some launches. Yeah, no, I, the, one of the biggest launches we have done is actually the Europe the Europe team, so based out of London, they, they reinvented our portfolio through the lens of, of lower, lower fat, lower sodium, right? And they have done that successfully across across the board with workers in the in the UK, lays in 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 Europe, and we really do see that as resonating with consumers, right? They really want to look for solutions which are again solving for that solving for the tension. So that that is a that is a great example. We um, if you go to China, for example, we do know that consumers are looking for high protein snacks and they dominantly look, look for that in in meat snacks which is an adjacent category to our category and we we cross the bridge of the um, the health connotation and uh, the indulgence connotation to meat snacks with our core equity which we have with lace which is all about crispiness and texture and lightness and we we really merge that into uh, uh, almost creating a new category in between which we which we call protein chips which we highly successful uh, successfully launched last uh, last year hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And actually, protein chips is a really nice example of doing that thing that gets you to somewhere different, a different space when you're innovating, that different from your competitors, head of the market, category growth, or exactly the things that sort of really we should be thinking about when we're innovating. So that's a particularly lovely example. Do you have any other examples, Kuhn, of innovations that you're proud of that you've worked on recently? Yeah, no. If you look at if you look at what we have done around the globe, uh, I think there are num- numerous examples of of, of great great innovation and i think innovation not always needs to be uh highly breakthrough and and co- doing something completely never seen it's also about truly understanding what are the drivers of success and we know that our driver of success is most of the time is flavors that is also where our key expertise is and uh, for example flaming hot is a, is a total brand platform Really tapping into food culture and and what people uh, want want to have a uh, to spice up their their daily daily meals and experiment with that, 
And we, I'm very proud that we could launch a, a platform across multiple brands, Lays, Doritos, Cheetos, uh, on, on, on Flaming Hot and, and building that as one platform. And again, that is another example of just going beyond the logic of singular product innovation brand by brand, right? This is, this is another approach where we said, no, we need to have a platform innovation because we do see it is a universal need and we do see it is, it is valid for many occasions and relevant for many occasions. So there was an opportunity to, uh, to scale Flaming Hot across, across multiple, multiple brands. And actually, I think that's a really nice example. And I think what you say about occasionality is really important because often we can criticise innovation sort of for innovation's sake or flavours without any meaning. But what actually I think you've got hit on there is something that's culturally relevant. It taps into that changing occasion as well. So perhaps you could say a little bit more about that because I think it's really important. that I, I agree with you. It doesn't have to be massively disruptive. Ideally, it has to be, but it should be incremental for sure or up-trading. Um, so perhaps you could say a little bit more about that because I think it's a really important point to be making around sort of the more strategic use of things like flavors and occasionality. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree with, with, with how you just what you just said, right? So it is it is basically really being intentional, uh, not only about the consumer problem to solve, but also what is your strategic intent, right? So in terms of what what is what is the incremental definition of your innovation and most of the time it is a combination of uh, design target consumption target light users non non users uh, and or occasions right which are currently solved maybe outside of your category even right but understanding the the dissatisfaction or 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 the drivers of of uh, that growth outside of your category or, uh, or outside of your user base or outside of your occasion and how you uniquely can solve for that with the equity and, and the core expertise you have either on brand level on a corporate level um, or both that is that is the work to be done so I, I, I think we, we normally in innovation uh, almost go too fast or, or simplify um, the, bus- the business objective and the business strategy we need to build first uh, before we, we get to actual solution building. Absolutely. Building from strong foundations. And yeah, I'd really like this idea of sort of, um, that we talk about a lot, sort of building from your strong brand equity and making sure it's fit for, for you know, whatever you're innovating for. It's fit for your brand and actually adding equity from it as well as being fit for the type of brand that you are. So no, that's really helpful. Um, in terms of top tips that you have for others innovating, not necessarily in the food and drink sector, but in more generally in sort of more crowded marketplaces, in more difficult marketplaces. Um, you know, what, what would you sort of say to our listeners in terms of your top advice? Yeah, no, I think, I think for in, in, in my point of view, you always need to ask yourself three questions. Um, and those three questions are, am I very sharp on the consumer problem to solve? Is there a consumer opportunity which, which I, I, I really, and I really have the do evidence to support that, right? Number, number two is, do I have line of sight? Do I have line of sight that this is scalable and profitable or living up to our business KPIs for, for our company, right? Uh, that, that is something which we also often just sidestep early on in the process. And I think it, it's, it's a prerequisite to be successful long-term, to really have a, 
a strong assumption uh, and and validate that assumption on on how you how you need to grow and 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 at, be successful in your in your business model. And thirdly, it needs to really solve uh, um, a broader business problem or uh, uh, fulfilling a brand opportunity. It's not a business opportunity in itself. It, it needs to serve a bigger strategic topic or agenda, which the company either is struggling with or has identified as, as opportunities. In our case, for example, we are very deliberate that exactly what you just said, Nikki, that whatever we do on Lays, on Doritos, on Cheetos from an innovation standpoint needs to add to the equity. It doesn't need to be that. Uh, what we, I think in the past we might have looked at what can we steal and what can we take from the equity to drive innovation. But I think we deliberately also uh, take this as as a two way street, yeah, where we need sure. to bring back uh, added value to the equity. Brilliant. Now we have time for one more question, and um, my question to you, Kuhn, is: What was the question you would have liked me to ask? Um, maybe, maybe the, what, what is, what is, what is driving your personal passion for innovation? Oh, oh it's a brilliant question. <laughs> See, brilliant. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, what is no, driving I, your personal passion yeah, for innovation? Yeah. Tell me. Thanks for asking, uh, Nikki. Thanks for asking. So, uh, no, I, I, I think for, for, you know, the, what I really like about innovation is, is it, it, it is, uh, if you do it well you can really solve some big, big topics in, in, in society, right? Um, and you can really make an impact at, at scale, uh, not only internally, but also externally. And, and, and not only from a business standpoint, but truly from, from, a, uh, from a society standpoint, right? We, we talk about, we didn't talk until now much about sustainability, but what we can drive from from a sustainability uh, standpoint, what we what we can drive from the more permissibility standpoint, how do we help people to on their journey to a more uh, healthy lifestyle? Right? Can, what can we offer? So for me, uh, the exciting part of innovation it, it's very close to the big society uh, problems or opportunities we have as a entire. Um, population right so that that drives uh that drives my excitement for innovation brilliant and, and much like mine as well my passion certainly comes from a similar space in terms of sort of sustainable innovation and doing good um for the planet as well as sort of growing brands and brand equity and and sales and um, so getting that balance right and, and also seeing sustainable sustainable innovation as not a compromise as well as something to provide people with a better experience. Much as we talked about at the top when we were talking about the high-fat, salt-sugar um, situation and trying, it's not a compromise, it's about actually giving somebody a different or a better experience or the same experience just because it might not have some of the sort of ingredients that used to have it in the past. Um, thank you, Kenny, so much for joining us. Um, if you want to know more about sort of innovating in a meaningfully different way and some of the topics we've been talking about, uh, please download Kantar's Innovators Advantage booklet. And also, we've written a piece recently on Dare to be Different, which is about innovating in a crowded marketplace, such as the food and drink and alcohol sector. So again, please download that. Um, but all remains to say is thank you, Kuhn, so much for joining us. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope you have. And I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Pleasure. 
You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and a review and subscribe on your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode.